Welcome to this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Tonight, we are going to have some fun and we're going to talk about some of our favorite client pet peeves and maybe discuss some better ways to teach our clients some exam room etiquette and some clinic etiquette. And hopefully we will come up with some very helpful solutions to ease some of that stress for everybody. And as always, we are going to have our wins, fails, and hacks. Maria, I think hopefully is going to update us with a kitchen win. And I have a personal injury fail. And Anne is going to share with us another awesome household hack that I think we all could probably put to use in some way. Join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce. But it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas, as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts that motivate us. Community. Making positive changes growth, compassion, and courage. Laugh with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. Well, hello, ladies. I feel like, I think we said this last time, but I know it's still true this time that it's been a little while and And I do just want to briefly kind of touch on that in case some of our listeners maybe have been kind of wondering why we've been a little bit sporadic in posting new episodes. And honestly, it's just life. Life just is very busy for the three of us. And as much as we love doing this, it does take some time. And so we've had to focus some of our personal time on some other things and that that's okay. And we love our listeners and we know that you guys are so supportive and want us to post episodes often. And it's not that we don't want to, it's just that we have to be mamas and vets and everything in between wives and, and wives and, <laughs> and wives. friends, and friends. Yes. So, so it's not that we, um, it's just, it, it just is what it is that we, we have to kind of slow down the, the frequency just a little bit, but we are still committed to bringing you great content when we can. And, who knows, maybe someday our life circumstances will change and we'll be able to do a little more often. But for now, this is what it is. And we're thrilled to be able to do it. So I guess we should just apologize now if it seems like we're rusty and not doing a fantastic job because we are rusty. We haven't recorded in a while, but we know you'll forgive us. But I thought maybe we should talk tonight about some of our favorite, I don't know if that's the best word, but um, some of our top client pet peeves. This is just fresh on my mind because one happened to me just the other day and it's one that has been a pet peeve of mine for quite some time. And I would imagine you guys have very similar pet peeves, but I do want us to focus on giving each other suggestions on maybe ways that we can help educate our clients or if there's something that we can do maybe to be less irritated by them. I don't know, deep breathing, something, um, or if you guys have any suggestions on maybe ways that you have been able to overcome some of these, because we know they're going to happen. It's part of practice life. 
Um, we can laugh about it. That's our goal is to kind of laugh about them right now, but, um, and just vent a little bit. That's okay. When I think too, like we talked about earlier, trying to keep it lighthearted. It, it's not meant to be a client bashing session. It's more to, Hey, we have these problems too. Let's laugh about it. And here's some good solutions. I'm hoping for some solutions. I really, really am. Why don't we go, we'll just kind of go around We'll just take turns. And Maria, why don't you share with us one of your top client pet peeves? So <laughs> when first I just want to say, we have not shared these with each other. So like we're all, we're all three of us are hearing these like for like live. Okay. So I'm going to start off with a funny one. Um, you don't really know how to stop it from happening before it happens, but it just happens sometimes. I'll give a great example. I was seeing a puppy that had scabies. <laughs> and while I was talking to the owner and say, hey, I actually found one mite that proves your puppy has scabies. I know, right? I was like <laughs> screaming in the back. I found it. <laughs> and they were like, oh, is that what this is? And pulls up their shirt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mystery rashes on clients. Yes. Oh, yes. And my response was, maybe you should go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... The girl just pulled her shirt back down. I was like, okay. <laughs> I wish I had some words of wisdom for you on that, but I have also been in that scenario more times than I would ever like to think that, yeah, they like to share their rashes with us. Like, no, I don't want to see it. Like, why? Why are you showing me your rash? I always tell people, like, they don't have enough fur. I was like, whoa, not enough fur. You need to put that back down. <laughs> That's a good, that's a good response. Too much skin, not enough fur. Not enough fur. I had to write that down. <laughs> that's literally how I handle it, which is probably not appropriate, but I'm like. I mean, like pulling up your shirt in the vet's office, is that really appropriate? I've had some unbuttoned pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like that's not appropriate ever. No. <laughs> And I think I've just been kind of speechless at that point. And the tech that's in the room is usually trying their hardest not to bust up laughing. And at least there's like another witness in the room. Yes. Yeah. At least, you know, like one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> you imagine being one-on-one -on -one and like the tech walks in as the <laughs> owner shirt is up. Yeah. Okay. So this is a little bit of a tangent. Have you guys ever had clients pull animals out of their shirts? Yes. In their boobs. Yes. Yeah. It's a boob thing. I, I don't understand. Like, like they, these small puppies and kittens like come out and I, we have an older woman client who is the sweetest lady. She is so, so, so sweet, but she's kind of bigger chested and she keeps her phone like in, yeah. in, in her cleavage basically. And this little high school boy who works for us was in the room helping me and her phone started ringing and she reached in. <laughs> The look on his face was priceless. I guess I get like the puppies and kittens, like maybe I'm just desensitizing to it. Those don't bug me as much. People will pull because we do exotics. So, mm. oh, oh, mice, ew, oh, rats, oh, guinea pigs, <clears throat> lizards. I was going to say, you're going to say reptiles. I just knew you were going to start oh. naming reptiles. And that's where I'm like, I'm out. <clears throat> I'm just out. Like I'm, I'm out. I, 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 I ooh, that border, ooh. is that a fetish thing? Like, I, I hope not. 
Part of it is reptiles need to stay warm. Yeah. Like end of this, like, and so when people bring their, buy the hot hands, hand warmers and put them in a sock. Like you would think that people would think about that, but they don't. And so like our, our receptionists are actually trained now to be like, you have a warming source in your lizards travel container. Well, no, we're coming here. And they will like go find the technician and be like, Hey, can you get a rice bag and get it into room four? Like go, go, go. But yeah. But like all that's so gross. All I can think of is like all the little kids that used to swallow the little quarter sized turtles that were getting salmonella. (laughs) But I do think some of the clients, I guess in my experience, I honestly think that they think we're going to be impressed that they are loving their pets so closely that they are so committed that they need to put them in their clothing and they act as if it's like, I'm an awesome pet owner, pet parent, because look what I'm doing for my pet. And I'm just trying not to cringe. I don't want to crush their spirits, but this is not appropriate. We need to talk about boundaries. (laughs) Always. We always need to talk about boundaries. (laughs) So I guess... When we have a client that wants to pull their shirt up, when they start, maybe we should just tell them, look, I only deal with fur or scales, further feathers, like whatever you're. I don't know. Okay, never mind. That was going to go somewhere completely inappropriate. <laughs> so, Anne, what is your pet peeve? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, to kind of go with your storytelling vibe that you just had with that one, Maria, this one, it really pisses me off when I get peed on. Like I hate getting peed on. I guess that's not a, not by clients. Clients don't pee on me. <laughs> Let's just clarify that one. But I hate it because it never fails. Like the dog you don't need pee from pisses all over, right? Pisses all over the exam room, pisses all over your leg, pisses everywhere. The one dog that you're like, oh, I wish I need pee on this dog. They let it pee right before it comes in. Like, Pee is never something that's like straightforward. You either have it when you don't want it or you don't have it when you do. Very true. So pee pisses me off. Yeah. We often joke around like how late in the day can we go before we get peed on? Like, you know, it's going to (laughs) be a good day or a bad day. Like if you're peed on before lunch, mm, probably not going to be the best day. (laughs) (laughs) So funny story is the clinic that I used to work at before I came on actually had a client pee up front in the lobby. What? Yeah. Screaming, screaming. I am a dog. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. I, to my knowledge, I haven't had any clients urinate other than in the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope anyway. Only in the Northeast. <laughs> <laughs> we did find some men's underwear in the parking area one day, but I think that's a different story. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I did pee on a farm call one day. I peed in a client's barn, but like, that's not that weird. That's not that weird. I'll allow that. You know, it was like, oh, I really got to pee. And she's like, oh, run down to the stall in the end. I got to clean that later anyway. And I was like, (laughs) just give me the shovel. I'll like clean up my own pee. (laughs) So yeah, that's mine. Melissa, I'm dying to hear what yours is. So my first one, and this is the one that just happened to me the other day. I hate it when dogs, I mean, this is going to be a dog thing mostly when people let their dogs jump on me or the tech or the assistant, and they somehow think that 
because we're in the veterinary world, we just love it when pets jump on us and think that's just awesome. And especially if they're on the end of a retractable leash, that just puts my like anger level way up there. Like this was a grown ass man who had this little 20 pound obnoxious min pin that was just jumping 18 feet in the air, like nipping at faces as it jumped. He was oblivious. He's sitting in the chair and like the dog is just running loose and he just has no clue that we would not be enjoying this and at no point like took control of the situation. I, oh, it drives me crazy. I hate that. Hate it. I think retractable leashes are like fingernails on a blackboard. No. And you know, like I hate when they jump on you and, and they like don't cut their nails and they're yes. like, just like, yeah. if you can't like, I'm like scratching, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. then you have all these scratches everywhere. Yes. And you're just like, Oh my God, control your dog. Yeah. Why do you think this is okay? This is not okay. I- when my kids go to the pediatrician, I don't let them run wild. Sit down, grab a book. You don't let them lick their doctor? <laughs> you know, it only happened twice, Anne. <laughs> no, this reminds me, I just saw on one of our Facebook groups, and if for some reason the woman who posted this thing is listening, God bless you, because I, yes, this is such a funny thing. She had one of her children at the doctor's and she was trying to get her toddler like to get on the scale. And it, he will say he was nervous to get on the scale. So she had little cheese cubes and oh, she was I like, heard, tre- I read that. she was treating him. <laughs> That is awesome. It was so awesome. And like the nurse. Positive reinforcement. Right. right. And the nurse like knew her, what she did for a living and like made some sort of comment about, well, you know, your, your job comes in handy sometimes, doesn't it? And it was just like, oh my gosh, like that is so funny. So wait, is that how I get my kids to behave? Apparently. So I don't, do you guys have any solutions to the obnoxious jumping animals? Like what has anything worked other than like, I make a joke about it and I'd be like, oh, Fluffy's very excited. Why don't you hang on to them? So that way we can get everything taken care of. That's a good one. That's much more politically correct than than the stink (laughs) eye that I give them. It all depends on the day. Depending how big they are and how excited they are, a lot of times I'll just go sit on the floor. Mm -hmm. Because then once I get down to their level, they like, I mean, they're still excited, but at least they're not like jumping and scratching and like clawing. I don't know. Sometimes I will rely on my texts. I'll kind of like, they know the look on my face and they, like, not that they don't want it to happen either, but they, they know that it's my pet peeve. So I'll be like, get a hold of that dog. And they're all very, they're usually very, very good about it. And you know, but, but like the one the other day was being just as obnoxious to the tech as it was to me. And, and it was one of those like really, well, it's a min pin. So, you know, it, and known aggression issues and with us and, mm. And the guy knew it too. Like he even made a comment about it. And yet we're like, the tech and I stood back and stared at him and said, you need to pick the dog up and put him on the table. Oh, okay. And then he did it. And then right. Could you hold him still while we tried to put the muzzle on him as he's like "Ah," attacking the muzzle and the guy's just like hands off and laughing. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) See, now that's a whole nother pet peeve. The laughing when you have an aggressive dog. Mm. Let's talk about that. I hate owners that know that their dog is aggressive and they do nothing about it and they expect us to fix it. And I'm like, I tried to fix it. I tried to send drugs home that you didn't give. And they laugh and they think it's funny. It's not funny. And they're like, well, you're in the field. You should just expect to be bitten. No, 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 I shouldn't. My pediatrician doesn't expect to be bitten by my kid. No, 
know, I've lost my filter in that situation. Like I, when it comes to that, I will pretty much point Blake, tell them that no, your pet is being, I, I can't handle your pet in this situation and I cannot do my exam. So whether they're fighting me on putting the muzzle on or, you know, something like that, but I, I have a zero tolerance kind of rule. And if they start acting like their feelings are going to be hurt because we're either going to one restrain strongly or put a muzzle on, then we're done. And yeah, they can either come back with sedation on board or they can go someplace else. Right. I just have kind of lost my filter and patience on that. And yes, I agree. And that is right up there with, I think it's just obnoxious pets and people being oblivious to it and just the denial and the expectation that because we're in the veterinary industry, we just love them all unconditionally. Yes, it is part of the job, but we also expect you as their guardians to be the alpha species. And you know what? Can I go off the aggressive pet things? The people who have the aggressive pet that just sometimes growls at the four-year-old, oh, well. but would never hurt them. They would never bite anybody. Never. Meanwhile, three months later, they bite the four-year-old in the face. Like my suggestion for that is document, document, document. Yeah. Put that in the record. Let them know that, you know what? I have concerns that you've mentioned some aggression in your pet and whether they should seek consult with the trainer or behaviorist or document. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of done one and a half rounds each, but... <laughs> We'll kind of go back around again real quick. Maria, what would be another pet peeve that we haven't already discussed? So I have a million. And before we started, I only wrote down two because as I said, <laughs> with us going, I'm going to come up with like 50. And the first one I had wasn't even written down, just <laughs> FYI. And I think, you know, I can be guilty of it too. And it doesn't really happen as much with COVID now, but when you're in an appointment and they just don't stop talking <laughs> and it's not even that they're talking about their pet. And I know as a veterinarian, I wanted to be one of those vets that started in one practice. And if you know me, you're like, really? Because you moved all over the world. <laughs> but anyway, but started in one practice, got to know the puppies and was there when the, when the dogs were like on their deathbed, that's what I wanted. And to know the families and blah, blah. Now it's like, sorry, you're getting divorced. <laughs> Can I just treat your pet? Yeah. Sometimes there's an expectation that maybe we are their therapists in addition to their veterinarians. And, and I think sometimes we almost have to be like, we're not trained in that, but there it is, does seem to be a bit of a requirement of the job sometimes that. What I think, especially for us where that, you know, human animal bond is so important to so many mm -hmm. and you know, there's that therapy there. I know like they have equine assisted therapy. I mean, all sorts of things like goat yoga. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but even like um, my husband was talking about one year locally, like milk prices, you know, he's a large animal dairy veterinarian. Milk prices dropped. That dropped. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, his farmers are discussing bankruptcy. Oh, and, yeah. You know, all of those things. And so even he has said, he's like, you think it's all like. You guys are always the, um, not the psychics, oh man, the psychiatrists, but he's like, we deal with it too. So even our large animal counterparts. Oh yeah, for sure. What I typically do is when I go in knowingly to a client that doesn't stop talking, they give me five minutes to go over everything, which I can get everything out in five minutes. And then I get a knock on the door 
Dr. Botinez, we need you in the back. It's an emergency. (laughs) Sorry, I got to go. They'll take it from here and bounce. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like ours got worse in COVID. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I cut them off the phone. Oh, see, and we still saw people. Yeah. So I think it was like literally the only trip, the only other like outside human interaction they had. Right. Because that was an essential trip for them to take. And so they had no human connection other than that. And it was just like this purge of everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm so happy that I'm still curbside. Well, and to to kind of piggyback on that one a little bit, and this was going to be my second one. So, Anne, I'm going to cut in front of you and just give this one because it it kind of transitions a little bit. You know, it kind of goes, not just the chatty Cathy's, sorry to the Cathy's out there, um, but the ones who ask a thousand questions and want all the answers, but take zero of the advice. But they have a reason already in their, like, queued up, ready to go. Like, I give a, a recommendation and they have a thousand reasons why they're not going to do it. And it's like, why? Why did you even bother coming in? Why are you wasting my time? I cannot charge enough for this exam because you're not going to do any of the things that I have recommended. I have a few repeat clients that I know are going to be that way. And I just go into it with such a bad attitude. And I know that's not the right way to do it. But, oh, that just drives me crazy. I've called it on some, you know, the ones like you're saying, the ones that are like, don't listen to a word you say, have a comeback for everything. Mm-hmm. I'll finally just stop and be like, look, I don't think we have a good working relationship. Mm-hmm. I am sorry. I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't feel like you trust me. I don't feel mm-hmm. like you trust what I'm saying. So I've got now six, seven, eight other doctors in this practice. Next time you come in, why don't you see one of them? Maybe yeah. the way they explain it will make more sense to you. Maybe you'll get along better, but this isn't working. And sometimes that's all it takes for them to be like, yeah. oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was being rude. Like, I'm just worried. It's like, yeah. okay, and you're worried, but I don't have time to sit here and hold your hand through all the million decisions I just made while I was examining your pet. Right. I'll give you the top 10, <laughs> but you don't need all of them. Yeah. And then maybe sometimes, maybe they truly don't realize they're doing it. You know, maybe it is just their personality and they just are nervous and have anxieties, but it also kind of goes back to being the therapist. I don't always have time to, to deal with all of those, but maybe one solution to some of these would be maybe as veterinarians, we should have some more training in personality, uh, assessment and, you know, (laughs) I think they should do like a psychology course in vet school just because you get it so much. I know they're doing a lot of like personality things now. Yeah. Social work and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Right. But we need like a bedside right in the minute. How do you read this personality? How does your personality interact? Here you go. Yeah. I think on our, do you guys, I'm assuming you guys probably use in some format, like a new client form, welcome to the office, you know, something like you're, I've never had that in any of the clinics that oh. I've ever worked. <laughs> we do that with ours. Like if it's a new client that we, we have them fill out, you know, like their pet histories and just basic contact information. How did you hear about us? You know, just your kind of basic, like you do when you go to the doctor, you get to fill out all that stuff. And I've often thought if there was some way that I could put like four magic questions, I don't know what those questions would be. But if I could come up with like four, like on the fly personality assessment questions that might be completely random and have nothing to do with pets or anything, but that would somehow like identify 
quickly, like what their basic maybe personality tendencies are. Mm -hmm. And then we could put that in their record and put that like flag that in the computer and be like, oh, this person, you know, is their Enneagram type or the disc or whatever, you know, like something that would be like, okay, we need to talk to this person this way. And we need to allow this much time for an appointment versus that much time for an appointment. In reality, like it's not feasible whatsoever. But if I ever had to go back to school and, you know, get some sort of professional, secondary professional degree in like psychology, like that would be my, my thesis. You know, I would do something like that. I like it. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. And so I cut in front of you. What is one of your other pet peeves? We stole one of them. So that was fine. Okay. Um, Oh, this one's kind of silly and dumb. I get so tired of the thermometer jokes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even buy him dinner yet. (laughs) Or like, really? You, that's an exit only. And I'm like, dude, come on. I know. Cause we've never heard it before. Never, ever, ever. Nope. So I'm always like, he poops bigger than this. It's fine. (laughs) He can take it. No, I get uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you could write a whole chapter in a book of the dumb jokes clients make that they think they're the first Hysterical. ones ever making the joke. Yeah. Or just things that they say, like, he was abused. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> no, he's just got you trained. Speaking of boundaries. You've owned this dog since it was five weeks old. Unless you did the abusing, it was not abuse. <laughs> it's just poor personality and socialization. Piano thermometer jokes. I'm over them. I usually have my stethoscope in and pretend I didn't hear it. Well, you're taking a temperature? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you already listened to his heart. Wait, wait, what oh, did you say? <laughs> wait a minute. Going on that line, when you actually are listening to the heart and they're having a whole conversation. Those chatty Cathy's <laughs> we were just talking about. Yes. And you're like, dude. But that's when they give you the most important information. <laughs> and they're like, well, I was telling you when you were yeah. listening to his heart, that my texts at my old practice, I would be like listening and they go, blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, she can't hear you. That's what mine do. They're like, she can't. No, I usually go, what? Like I make a big display of <laughs> taking my, my stethoscope out of my ear and be like, what? Was that after the thermometer or before? Depends on the client. Both. Yeah. <laughs> or also it's kind of the same theme of you ask them, is there anything different that your pet has eaten in the last 24 to 48 hours? You know, have they gotten into anything Have anything abnormal, not within their regular diet? Have they been fed anything, not their dog food? And I do, I do say that now, anything other than dog food or cat food or whatever. Nope. Nope. Nothing. Melissa, those steaks and eggs are dog food. <laughs> Well, yeah. And then like, as they're leaving and we're, you know, basically probably treating pancreatitis, they're like, yeah, they just love the bacon that I give them. And you know, the pizza crust. See, this would count as anything other than dog food. Like, see, I asked that question about 10 times during the exam, different ways to try and get the answer. But you want to know what I absolutely hate. You do the whole exam. Everything's great. And they go, okay, Fluffy, let's go get a hamburger from McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm just going to tell you right now. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could just keep going on and on and on. But in the essence of time, I think maybe we'll, we'll kind of start wrapping some of these up. 
And if you have any solutions for any of the things that we've talked about tonight, because I'm not sure we hit on too many great solutions to some of these. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any for us, we would love to hear them. Um, But as a quick recap, what I've jotted down that we, uh, we have discussed tonight as our top client pet peeves, Maria has issues with client rashes and chatty (laughs) Cathy's. Anne is really angry about urine and thermometer jokes. I lose it when it comes to obnoxious pets and a thousand questions and not following any of my recommendations. So kind of sums up a a lot of our frustrations, I think. Um, Again, we didn't really touch on too many solutions and possibly we apologize for that. Um, Maybe just establishing boundaries from the start. Good boundaries. Always a good idea. Practicing our poker faces (laughs) and establishing some sort of code with our technicians for bailing us out of some of these scenarios. I think that may be probably the best solution is work as a team and discuss ahead of time your contingency plan for when you get into these scenarios. Like, what are you going to do? Can I just add one more solution? Um, Guys, when you need your text to bail you out. Just don't piss them off before the appointment. Because they, then they are not going to bail, bail, bail you out. <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. Don't say dumb things. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, why don't we transition to our wins, fails, and hacks? Um, I can start off since I have, I have the fail. So my fail is a personal injury fail. It, and the reason it's a fail is because I don't know how it happened. And to me, that's a failure. So for Anna Maria, who are looking at me on the screen, I'm wearing this very attractive splint on the middle finger of my right hand that Labor Day weekend, we were at the lake with friends and family and I was blowing up the tubes for the boating. You know, we have the tubes that you pull behind the boat using an air mattress pump. Seems like a pretty innocent thing to be doing, to be gripping an air mattress pump, blowing up inner tubes got done, sat down in my chair and my finger was crooked. That's it. Like that's it. There was, there was never pain. There was never a pop. There was never any, I had no idea that I had an injured finger until I looked down and I had a crooked finger and it stayed like that for several days. So the other fail is that I didn't do anything about it. And I came up with all kinds of reasons as to why the last knuckle on my my middle finger was messed up and I couldn't straighten my finger. And then, okay, so here's also add another fail onto that. I was actually examining the dog of one of our local MDs and I was that person. I was that client that solicited free medical advice. But yeah, I kind of gave him the finger and said, Hey, while you're here, (laughs) should I be making an appointment for this? And he looked at it. I came within seconds. He's like, you ruptured your extensor tendon no, that's not possible. He's like, yeah, you popped your extensor tendon and you need to go see the hand specialist. And I was in a lot of denial about it until I Googled it. And I thought, holy crap, he's right. Like I ruptured an extensor tendon using an air mattress pump. How, how did you do that? I don't, I I have to go Google this now. Look up mallet finger, I think is what it's called. But I have now been in a splint for six Did weeks. Did you hit it on the air pump? No, not that I recall. And I had only not even had one full beer at that point. So <laughs> so it wasn't like I can blame it on that. It was early in the day. It was, yeah. 
Maybe you jammed it like you hit it. Like, I don't know. But my fail is apparently as you get old, you spontaneously rupture tendons. You're not that old. <laughs> and everybody asks. And so everyone's like, oh my gosh, what'd you do? Did you get hurt at work? No. No, I have no cool story. It's the most asinine, complicated, long drawn out story. My team at work is so tired of hearing me say this story because everybody is asked and I'm like, yeah. So I've had a stupid splint on and I've had to vet wrap it and elastic on it to keep it on because they told me if it comes off, even once six weeks starts over and we're hoping that it's healed. And I also have like an allergy to tape adhesive. And so I have like a rash where the elasticon is stuck to my oh, skin. It is, it is horrible. And I go in a few days to take it off and hope that it's healed. Because if it's not healed, I have to have surgery. Surgery for an injury I can't even explain. All right. So we'll, we're going to end on a win. So let's fast forward to Anne's household hack. Um, I thought for a really long time that I hated tile. We have a lot of tile. We have tile and carpet floor in our house. And I thought I hated the tile. I don't think I hate the tile. I think I hate the grout. It's like a light beige color. So our grout is light. And Kirk is really good. Really wear shoes in the house. Unless you, like, unless you just forgot something, you're running in to grab it and leave. For the most part, like, we take our shoes off right when we walk in the door. Like, our friends even do it. I mean, we don't ask them to, but. Same here. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, okay, I, my floor. T- I go take your shoes off. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how our floor gets so dirty. I mean, it's cleaned regularly and we have a wiener dog. So hello, nothing lives on the floor for very long. But the grout was disgusting. It was like black and kind of the high traffic area. Um, lady that cleans for us, she does a great job of like, she had this stuff she was spraying on it for a while that like was supposed to every time it got wet, it reactivated. And that helped for a while. But I think just there comes a time where you just have to clean the grout. So as any really smart human does, I YouTubed the crap out of grout cleaning. <laughs> and I didn't want to scrub it forever. I mean, I knew it was going to take a while. I just didn't want to like get on my hands and knees and like really scrub it. So what I found worked really, really well was bleach toilet bowl cleaner. And the cling stuff works pretty good because it kind of, it'll stick. It's targeted. Yeah. I think you could even do it like on shower grout like a wall of grout it worked really well on the floor it i'm sure stripped whatever sealant was on my grout out so i probably need to go fix that now but it worked like a charm i didn't scrub at all so okay i scrubbed where my kids took crayon to my grout Ooh, ooh, crayon on the grout Ooh, i'm not happy it's almost gone now you can't really see it but that's the only spot i had to scrub out of our whole big like kitchen floor so it was good that does i recommend Wear gloves. <laughs> how do you how do you know that, Anne? How do you know that you should wear gloves? Um, my husband had to kindly point out to me after I was complaining that my fingertips were hurting while I was typing the other day at work. <laughs> he looked at my fingers and he's like, "You have a you have a chemical burn on your fingers." And I was like, "Oh." And did you take a video of this, like before and after? I have a picture, but I don't have a video. I cleaned my grout today. And I spent 45 minutes on the floor scrubbing just a small entryway. Came out good. I should have told you sooner. You should have because you like blew my mind today. I'm like, what does she have ESP? Like, I'm, <laughs> how did she know I was scrubbing my grout today? So I'm going to try it tomorrow. I'm going I'll send to- you a picture. Send me a picture of the product I use. Yeah, I'm going to go buy the product, it tomorrow. not of my floor. That's pointless. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, and another really good hack is to like do your test square like in the middle of your kitchen because then it'll drive you nuts. I did my test square like two weeks ago to figure out what product I wanted to like do this job. And then there was like one pristine square of grout in the middle of the like dirtiest part. And I was like, I like I my husband like Kirk thought I went insane. He's like, I've become obsessive compulsive about the floor. Like you need to stop. But yeah, wear gloves. And then um, to rinse it off, I would not, I used a bucket and then just like a rag. Mm-hmm. I just a bucket of water and a rag. And I did it in like chunks, which I don't recommend because that took a really long time. And then I got a contact or a chemical burn. Um, so you should use a mop and then just use plain water and like just change your mop bucket out pretty frequently because that stuff's pretty sensey. Anyway. Cool. I'm going to be moving a lot of furniture this week. My whole first floor is tile, except for our bedroom. Well, why don't... So let's recap to our previous episode when we were discussing your fail. Um, or was it a win? No, it was a win that was sort of based kind of off of a fail. Dude, yeah. this is a fail win. I don't even know what it is half the time anymore. There's been a saga of, of an oven in your house, and now the cooktop sounds like it's going bad as well. So do you have an update for us that I'm hoping is a win? I do. <laughs> Just as a backstory, um, we bought a house from Zillow. They swapped out the appliances. The oven does not work. The oven only works at the broil. Otherwise, it only gets to 150 degrees. So I can broil stuff. <laughs> I, it doesn't get between 150 and 500, which is where 99% of your cooking comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what I've been doing is cooking on the stove and then turning the broiler on. And then as soon as it hits 500, I shut it off and I put everything in the oven. So you, you cook on like decline, declining <laughs> temperatures. <laughs> and then like, then I turn it back on. It's like, I literally have to be standing there. That's horrible. Steve and I, we bought an oven. Woohoo! That's right. so exciting. Eight weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, six weeks ago. Six weeks, seven weeks ago. Seven weeks ago. And um, it's still not here. I have no <laughs> idea where it is. Still not here. I know this is, sounds like a fail, but the, the one is I bought an <laughs> oven, okay? You're one step I, closer. I'm one step it's closer. Bots. I never bought the oven thermometer that everybody in all the groups told me to get because I was like, the damn oven doesn't work. I don't need an oven thermometer. <laughs> yeah, so I bought an oven. It's supposed to land in Tampa on the 28th. Are you going to meet it at the airport and like personally escort it Dude, to your house? You have no idea. This guy is so With a sign? <laughs> Patina's oven. Patina's oven. This guy is so annoyed with me. I literally call him every day he works. And I'm like, is my oven there yet? He goes, I will call you when it comes <laughs> in. He's like, it's supposed to be here on the 28th. I go, yes. The last time he told me the second and it was not here. And he's like, you're like the client so- that keeps calling and wanting to know if the lab results are ready. Oh my God. I am. I am that client. And then I called one time. They were like, he will call you. He's busy right now. <laughs> so my one is I actually purchased an oven. I went with the more expensive option than the thermometer. Oh, and just as Melissa stated before, yes, now my coils are starting to go on my burners. Only three quarters of the coils work instead of a full coil. So I'm waiting for the coils to go because once the (laughs) coil goes, then I guess we're eating out every night. So moral of the story is no dinner party is at Maria's house for the time being. Well, I guess COVID, there's really no dinner parties anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, so it's potluck at Maria's house. She'll provide the wine. And ice cream. And ice My cream. wine fridge is working, guys. So you are more than welcome to come. What more Just, do you need? 
dude, bring the food. I'll provide the wine. It might be the $3 wine from Aldi, but it's still just as good. I have cheap taste buds. So <laughs> I know people are like, Oh, what wine do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And all these fancy. No, like- no. See, I've already shown you ladies like in the background of my zoom right now is the box of wine on my desk. It's there. It's target wine. Oh, but is it a good cam? No, <laughs> oh. no, it's not, but it's cheap. <laughs> it would probably be good to me. Cause I literally only drank the $3.95 from Aldi. Wow. It gets the job done. <laughs> oh, can I have another one? Yeah, sure. There's an Aldi opening up right by my house. I've never been to an Aldi. Aren't they like Fred Meyer? I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think I think there are a version of a Fred Meyer. Uh, you have to like bring your own cart or something like that, right? No, what? bring your own bag. Bring your own bag. <laughs> Why would you bring your own shopping cart? You have to pay for shopping carts. There's something with the shopping carts. You have to put a quarter in. A quarter. <laughs> What? I'm going to bring my van through the shop. <laughs> Let's go back. You have to pay for a shopping cart? Yeah, you put a quarter in. It's it's locked, so you put a quarter in. It's like those luggage racks at the airport. Yeah. But you yeah. get the quarter back. So I oh, have you an do? empty quarter. Yes, you'll pay oh, for the car. I don't, I don't know these things. How do you get the quarter? Then why do you put the quarter in? So that way people put the carts back. So that way they're not all over the parking lot. Oh, that's smart. For, exactly. In St. Joe, Missouri, there's an Aldi. They would sell wine there, but I've just not ever gone in there. I need to go in there and check out their $3 wine selection. Like, come on, it's wine. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to like be all fancy. I'm here right. to have a drink and forget about. This is the Target brand box wine behind me. <laughs> and we're not sponsored by Target. I would love to be sponsored by Target. So, so anybody, Target, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, I take back what I said about it not being a good wine. <laughs> This is us proving for a sponsor. Aldi, Walmart, Target. That's how high class we are. <laughs> My sweater came from Target. There is nothing wrong with Target. I love, I love Target. I love Target. I love Target. I spent a lot of money at Target. A lot of, yeah. Well, on that note, it's been lovely visiting with you guys. And I'm going to refill my glass of Target wine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com or find us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by email at admin at dvmdivas.com. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again go beyond the stethoscope.